just just do it, baby. It's okay. It's we we. There's got to be one that we have to we have to align on. Since time immemorial, human beings have stared up at the stars and asked the unanswerable questions. Why am I here? What is the nature of the cosmos? What is the meaning of life? Are we alone in the universe? Will DC ever make movies as well as Marvel? How exactly did Megatron shrink? A detailed backstory for your first level halfling wizard? Even How many muscular men with pageboy haircuts lived on Eternia if they couldn't figure out that Prince Adam was He-Man? Who is going to play Alabama for the championship this what year? What does God need with a starship? Prepare your ear holes for a podcast dedicated to the philosophical quandaries of pop culture. An audio thunderdome. Two nerdy friends enter. Only one shall be victorious. This is I'm Right, and he's Rob. Hello and welcome to another episode of I'm Right, and he's Rob. The show where two nerds argue out ridiculous things uh, in dark rooms. Uh, we like to start each uh, show with uh, some uh, uh, omissions, some updates, some apologies from the last show. In the last show, during our quick question... apologize for the last we, show. Yeah, we apologize for the last show. In um, our quick question that we do at the end, I asked uh, what were some uh, action shows of the 90s and 2000s, and uh, we weren't able to think of anybody. Any, And, of course, we missed... Uh, great shows in the 90s like Quantum Leap. I think actually we said Quantum Leap was the 80s. It's more the 90s. Briscoe County Jr., you named that wrong. Uh, Jag was on for <laughs> almost all of the 90s. That's an action show. It's also repetitive. It also features a very attractive woman in a Marine outfit. Space uh, Above and Beyond, which was a show I literally loved. Firefly was in the uh, 2000s, a show I literally loved. Stargate SG-1. Walker, Texas Ranger, we both didn't like that, but that was one. Smallville from the early 2000s. And, of course, the big one that we missed, I think, is the biggest one that we missed was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's a huge cultural phenomenon. And, we totally and again, there are probably still more that we aren't thinking. But as you had pointed out, if they didn't stick with us, there's kind of a reason. Right. Because we're assholes. There you go. Yeah. Speaking of... Assholes, we should introduce ourselves. My name is Monty Ike, and uh, today the scabbard to my sword, the kyber crystal to my custom fiery hilt, my best friend, co-host, and the one who's normally wrong. Please welcome Rob Bloom. Rob, how are you today? I'm good. And uh, was that a lightsaber reference? It's a lightsaber reference. Kyber crystal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm. I wasn't. 100% clear. I guess I got to turn in my nerd card. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know what you're thinking. Today's uh, today's question uh, is, of course, uh, greatest fictional weapons. And and I don't know if we can say the greatest. These are our favorites. I... Our favorites. Yeah, we'll say favorites. Our favorite uh, fictional fi- weapons. And then let's, uh, as always, let's set some parameters, Rob. What are your parameters well, for this? Well, one of the things I wanted to to not do was the Deus Machina of, like, the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, um, here's a thing that I, just solves everything. Yeah, it's like, and I guess if you think it's really cool, then and you can argue that you want it on your list. Okay, but where, where's the fun? And I have something that I can snap my fingers and everything is right. I. And as somebody who collects Superman comics, that's a good question. Oh, up yours. 
<laughs> yeah. No deus ex machina. Um, these are from all forms of fiction and fantasy. So that means um, cartoons, uh, comics, movies, yeah. television, whatever. I actually have a role playing game. Uh, one really? Here. I did. Yeah. I, I have one that I. Uh, it, 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 yeah. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I'm not going to. I have one that might. Be comparable. We'll see. All right. We'll see. All right. Uh, and the way we're going to do this one is normally we we debate a a single issue, a yes or a no, a right or a wrong. But this time around, we're going to change things up. Uh, we're just going to basically present uh, something on the list, and we'll either agree that yes, that is absolutely a very cool weapon, or we'll say eh, I don't know. Yeah. Right. We'll, yeah. We'll, I have a feeling we'll probably both like each other's list, but we we I'll be did. Curious. <laughs> We did share the same high, uh, the same childhood, so yeah, probably yeah. right. Um, I just want to point out we also grew up together, where we played a lot of fantasy. We played Dungeons and Dragons growing up. Right. We also played with sticks and made bows and arrows yes. and hit each other with multiple weapons. Yeah, and again, balls and laser tags. The eighties. Do you remember when you found that M sixteen water gun? You I son of a that bitch. Water. Yeah, but you remember it didn't have a, a cartridge to hold water, so I had to literally hold like a cup underneath <laughs> it to get That's it true. to work. That's true. That, w- but it still was pretty awesome. It was battery operated, guys. It was like a super soaker. Sure, it was pretty dope. That was called. Yeah. Be- before super soakers. Yeah, it was pretty dope. Super soaker. You know, here's the thing I've always I, I've always said is when I was a kid, I thought to myself when I was an adult and I had money, I was like going to go out and buy a super soaker, and I do have, it's so funny. This is how I know I'm not a child anymore or I'm at a level because there are times when I look at super soakers in the store and I just think to myself, I could buy that, but I'm going to choose not to. <laughs> anyway. I want one of those Nerf guns that can, you know. Oh, hells yeah. I'll be, I, man, I wish my kids were into Nerf. I would be so much, I would be so much happier if I had to arm myself every day. And every time I came home, I had to enter this house like it was a like it was a SWAT raid. And <laughs> that would be. I mean, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna admit something here that I don't honestly tell people. But sometimes when I walk down the hall, uh, the corridor at work, I put my hand behind my back like I've got a, a holster <laughs> back there, like I'm ready. You know what I mean? Like I'm living yeah. that fantasy. Sometimes it works. So uh, there you go. If you ever see me at my job doing that. Sorry, that's just me being. I, I still a use the child. force to open up the doors at the grocery store. So you do you use your fingers and just go. Yeah, oh, I do. Yeah, I, I got my daughter doing it with me. Yeah, there. Yeah, there. Yeah, there are times when I'm like uh, looking at my heads-up display in my car, and I'm pretty stoked. I'm living in the future. All right, let's. Uh, enough about how pathetic we are. Let's, let's get to our weapons, so we're cool. Right. <laughs> Uh, who would like to go first? Uh, you, you, uh, you go first. You, uh, you won, yeah, you, ch- yeah, you go first. How about that? I went first. Okay. Well, I, I will, I, I've got a list and I don't really have an order to it. So I'm just going to go okay, just yeah. pick one. All right. That's fine. Uh, I, I wasn't a giant fan of the show, but I always thought this was one of the coolest design wise and mm-hmm. just as a weapon. The Eye of Thundera, the Sword of Omens from Thunder <laughs> Thundercats. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, I like it. You, you hold it up, it gives you sight beyond sight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it 
it was cool. It went into the hilt of yeah. a shield that was – it was just a cool design, and it would grow and extend. I mean, it was totally phallic. <laughs> I will – I do love the fact that it's the size of a dagger when it sits inside his scabbard slash buckler – that shield thing, which also, by the way, if we if we take both of them together, that thing also shot out a claw as a grappling hook, That's right? Right. Remember? Yeah. 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 So, out of, out of like, yep, those are cool yeah. as heck. Those were those were pretty dope things, and I did used to like how it starts as a short sword, but he just swings it and it gets even longer into a, a into a long sword. Uh, and of course, the biggest thing is it it would uh, it would let out the uh, the Thundercat symbol to call for help. Which That's you right. would think you wouldn't need with a bitchin' ass sword like the uh, the Sword of Omens. That you wouldn't think you would need that, but yet every every time. <laughs> every time you need it's, it's funny because for the longest time I thought the sword was called the Eye of Thundera, but that is just the, the jewel that's in it. Right. The magic stone that powers oh, yeah. the Sword of yeah. Omens. It was, I mean, it was just a really cool concept, and yeah, it kind of stole from He-Man and other elements, but I think it mastered the whole, honestly, design-wise, it's just this cool little curly-shaped sword. You know what I liked about it, too, is it was before we decided that in order for a sword to be cool, it had to be a katana. Do you remember when that happened? Something happened in Nerdnum where somehow Quentin Tarantino, I don't know who told us all that the only cool, maybe it was Highlander, the only cool swords are samurai swords. Everything else is not cool. And we sort of just now, when you think of a cool sword, it's usually drawn like a katana is. And I think, honestly, there are a lot of cool swords out there from other, um, I mean, geez. Have you, oh, yeah. You know, have you seen, just uh, cool swords are neat from the Arabic world, from uh, from Europe. There, there's so many cool. I think honestly, the cutlass, from rapiers to rapier, katanas yeah. to bastard swords. And the to, thing yeah. is, katanas weren't necessarily the greatest swords ever. They're, that's not a true statement. They have the best PR, but they're not the greatest swords ever. All right. Uh, so I will start sure. mine with another sword. This is this is right. from the Jabberwocky from uh, from Alice to the Looking Glass. Uh, and mostly from D&D, the Vorpal Sword. In D&D, I, the Vorpal Sword was when you rolled a 20, it beheaded uh, your opponent. So in the in the poem of the Jabberwocky, uh, Lewis Carroll just makes up the word Vorpal, and it's a sword to defend everyone against the Jabberwocky. Uh, but in D&D, uh, specifically 2nd Edition D&D, it was a sword that when you... Uh, rolled a 20 or something like that, it beheaded your opponent. It was an automatic kill. Whoosh! Oh. So I always liked the Vorpal sword, the the uh, the, the sort of ghostly uh, sword that uh, that knocks people's heads off. I think that's a really cool one. There were a lot... I, I actually... That was the one... I, there's also, obviously, the Holy Avenger, some of those other D&D, like, overly powered does swords. This sword, does this sword exist in a D&D book that you could use? Or is this one yeah. that... Yeah, no, no. This nope. is... This is uh this is uh you, you could get that in any of the I mean I think probably if we looked it up in fifth edition it's still something there it's probably been nerfed over time but in the in the second edition uh of you, know, the, you say base, nerf what do you mean by that what do you mean by that oh nerfing is when you take an overpowered thing in in a previous edition of D and you and make you it actually it playable down. yeah you dial it down so 
one of the problems with uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons and and some of like the other a things. sort of soul stealing like that I might have had going on, which which honestly was the opposite of nerfed. I think I read that completely wrong and gave you a much more powerful sword when we played D&D. That was so, yeah, was but it was so dope. We weren't we weren't <laughs> much like the kids uh, in Stranger Things. We weren't playing real D and D. Nobody rolls for a fireball. Okay, uh, <laughs> just for damage. Yeah, just for damage, right? Because it's an area effect spell, guys. Come on. The other person rolls for dexterity saves. That's what it is. Well, should should I should I go? Are you well, ready? Did, did you like Vorpal Sword? Is that one good? I I honestly I don't know much about it other than you referencing it as in D and D. I don't remember it from. The Jabberwocky, the Vorpal? Yeah. I don't think I've read Alice in Wonderland, to be honest. Well, it's okay. It's okay, buddy. It's all right. You, you, know, went, you went obscure for me? Well, thanks. I, I try. Well, we do remember some different swords from, uh, from D&D, but we don't have to belabor that. So I went with obscure. So there you go. That's my one obscure one. Go on. You're next, I will buddy. Stick on, I will stick on the D&D wavelength and go with the energy bow from the D cartoon that eric had oh shit yes that is so dope that was the coolest freaking weapon ever a long bow that just shoots it's like having laser bolts but it's not the string and the arrow would form oh man that was so good visually just cool as hell Uh uh-huh and he was the coolest in my opinion he was the coolest member of the team and he had the coolest weapon because he was blonde. He, would, he looked like he... And sometimes... <laughs> he would sometimes use it... Remember how, like, he would shoot it and use it, like, as, like... Like a grappling hook as well? Right, yeah. And he'd... With it, it was just the coolest weapon. Yeah. And... No, and when you think about it, like, he and Barbarian were the only ones who had actual weapons, right? Correct. Yeah, everybody I else... Mean, I mean, Acrobat had a bow staff. staff. Okay. She... She mostly used it for pole vaulting. And Yes, Correct. I, yeah. I, I barely saw her using it as an offensive weapon. And and Barbarians was a club that just glowed with energy. It was just basically a plus something club. It was just a, a club that was exceedingly he was powerful. Breaking, he was breaking ground. and It's true. That's true. I guess that kind of gave him like substantial amounts of damage. But yeah. Oh, man, you're right. That bow, that whole... It's kind of like how you know you, you never really ever see... Um, Chewbacca use his bowcaster, but yet you're you you think to yourself the bowcaster is like this awesome weapon, and then like Han uses it in Force Awakens. Finally uses it, and it's like, whoa, that's a badass weapon, <laughs> right? But like, yeah, because we were all like, that's got to be so dope. It's like a crossbow, but it shoots lasers. I guess it's like a laser crossbow. That's got to be cool. That's got to be. I don't know why it's got the things on the end because you're not shoving lasers down. <laughs> <laughs> you see a string and it's yeah oh my god you're right okay yeah that one oh yeah i'll give you that one um rob let me ask you a question do you remember a 1980s movie called runaways it starred tom Selleck as a police officer in los angeles i do i do remember i know what you're gonna say it was this great movie and i have to if you haven't seen it Basically, imagine a near future where robots are in our homes, <laughs> like Alexa, <laughs> cooking our food, doing our things. Imagine that, if you will. But what happens when a robot goes bad? Well, instead of just calling the IT department 
or a robot repair person, sometimes you might have to call the police. And that was where Tom Selleck's crew came in. They were like the robot police of Los Angeles. And in that movie, the main thing is a computer, like a robot bullet, basically. It is a self-guided rocket slash bullet that Gene Simmons, the bad guy of the movie. That's right! <laughs> Gene Simmons! I totally forgot! It is a oh self-guided... You basically aim at somebody, lock in their person, and shoot it, and that bullet follows them no matter where they go. Turns corners, it, it, does everything. A great visual, too. That yeah. was a really cool visual. What I remember, too, yeah, they would show, like, the little little bullet traveling through space, and it would have, like, little thrusters to change its direction like it was in space. It was amazing. That's now, I know that Judge Dredd's Lawgiver... A weapon that could be on this list on itself also shoots this sort of uh, um, hot shot, I think is what he calls it, which were heat seekers. Those yeah, things. but I thought, I thought Runaways... Way, Runaways did, yeah. yeah is, is so much cooler. So That's a great... That's a, I, I concede that's a good one. Yeah, and honestly, if you haven't seen... If you think yourself a sci-fi nerd or whatever and you haven't seen Runaways, watch it because it's fun. Um, Tom Selleck is as charming as ever. I remember being freaked out by those robot spider things. So those oh, were yes, yes, hell's yes, hell's yes. I remember like ew, just creepy robot spiders. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's uh, that's my next one, bro. Okay, I, I I have so many good ones on here, but I I think I'm gonna go with one that you just might have. Okay. Uh we both children of the '80s. Yeah, we've 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 had a lot of '80s discussions. Uh-huh. But if you were like me, I think this show came out before I met you. Uh, this movie came uh-huh. out before I met you. Um, we played this in the backyard, and every one of us had a Ghostbusters proton pack that we would. You throw on a backpack, yeah. grab a stick, and you pretend you're one of the Ghostbusters, you, and, and you don't cross the streams, buddy. You don't cross them. Yeah. <laughs> I they they don't look like they're very good weapons, but they're really cool weapons. <laughs> they are very cool. There's absolutely barely any aiming of those wands. Uh, that yeah. was what the the sticks were the wands they called them, and there was barely any aiming. I never understood exactly what they're even doing, but I'll tell you what, Ghostbusters. Honestly, I'm I very much on record as saying Wrath of Khan is my favorite movie of all time. Ghostbusters is a very close second. It is a near-perfect movie, in my opinion, the original Ghostbusters from 1985. It's oh, combines super comedy and action and sci-fi. And sci-fi. Seriously. And those proton packs were so dope. You're exactly right. If you were a child anywhere near the 1980s, you had a pro- you pretended to have a proton pack. One of my big dreams as an adult is to get one of those. They're people who sell plants on the internet. Um, for how to build one and make it look good. And that was like, that was going to be a couple of years ago. I remember I was like, uh, me and Sean Cresswell were talking about actually building one, doing this thing, getting it done and actually building one. Um, Cause they are just the tits. Uh, yes. Yeah. Proton pack. Absolutely agree. Definitely. Was that cool. on your list by chance? It was not on my list. And I will tell I you, I was betting it was going to be on yours, but it was almost on my list, but I, I wanted to go more. Obs- I probably picked the Vorpal sword instead to just so that our lists would not be, I was, I was actively trying to find a list that would not match yours. Um, uh, so yeah, God, I love those and the trap. I mean, the whole thing, 
the the whole scene where he's when they first fire it up and they're like, well, we have f- three unlicensed particle accelerators on our backs. <laughs> you know, like they they strapped those things on and they hadn't even tested them. They'd never. Whoa, fired whoa, them whoa! Nice shooting text. Yeah, I mm. I can quote the movie beginning to end. Yeah. Uh, there was a period in my life where I think any time that I wasn't actively talking, I was just doing Ghostbusters in my head in its entirety. Oh, what a great movie. Um, all right. So uh, for my third one, I am going to go with uh, from Star Trek. Now, this is a bit controversial. I'm going to go on with the Klingon Disruptor. And I will tell you it is because of the look of it. You might have to. I can't show you what it looks like right here, but if you remember, it it's more. Talking. It's more of a pistol. It, they use the same one for for the Star Trek: The Search for Spock through Wrath of or through um, TNG. They look like a pistol. They're real long. They're sort of rusty, sort of metal. The disruptor shoots an energy blast. That basically the reason why it's called the disruptor oh, is they are cool looking. They are damn very cool, cool looking. looking. So I thought to myself I should probably do the phaser, right? Because the phaser does whatever you need it to. It can explode. It can melt things. It can make things just disappear like rocks when you're trapped in another thing. The, the, the phaser itself does so many cool things. But the disruptor as a weapon is so cool because what a disruptor does is when you shoot it at something, it weakens the bonds of the molecules in that thing so that they basically disperse. Yeah. It, it blows an atom up on a quantum level and makes it explode. And that is a an insanely evil, vicious weapon, and that's why I chose it. And the Klingon disruptor, because you know, the everybody has disruptors except for the, the, the Federation. The Breen have them, the Vulcans have or the uh the Romulans have them, the Klingons have them, the Cardassians have them, but the Klingon specifically weapon looks the best so that's why i chose it, the klingon disruptor it's i would say it's very iconic looking the same way you would say han solo's pistol is iconic yeah, his, looking. It's, yeah. it's very it's very memorable in the way it looks i just needed to see it and then it was like oh yeah i know what you're yeah. talking about yeah i mean if you were to pick a ray gun if you're going to pick a, like a deadly looking ray gun you'd pick that thing you know the line yeah oh yeah yeah I would say this. I, I really like classic uh, original series phasers. Um, I thought the next generation remote looking one where it doesn't even look like a gun was. Yeah. Nice. I didn't like that. But they had the Bothlek pronunciation. Batleth. Yeah. Yeah. That was very cool. I'm actually going to talk about the Batleth a little bit later on. Not as one of my ones, but I was going to ask you a different. Some honorable question. mentions. Yeah. Some honorable mentions there. Yeah. But there you go. The, uh, the, the, uh, the, dis- the Klingon disruptor pistol. Definitely on my cool weapon list. Uh, okay. Um, where do I want to go next? I don't want to steal this one from you because I really feel like you're going to just, just do it, baby. It's okay. It's we, we, there's got to be one that we have to, we have to align on doctor who and the sonic screwdriver. Oh, see, I don't have that. And I'll tell you why it's not a weapon, Rob. It's a screwdriver. It's still a, item and it has been used as I would I would put it on the list. I mean I I know you would say that you would put it on the list and he certainly used it for offensive and defensive purposes, but I would say the one thing a sonic screwdriver is not it's a weapon. Okay. A weapon. But but that's all right. I get still, what you're saying. It's very cool. As far as a device that moves plots along, the sonic screwdriver is amazing. Um you haven't seen the new doctor, right? The thirteenth doctor. 
you don't no, know, I've you seen seen everything. Micro? I've seen the the very last episode Pumped of Doctor. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, she remixed the, the Sonic Screwdriver in the first episode with Shetfield, uh, Steel, and it's pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, the Sonic Screwdriver is a lot, a lot of cool different things, but I just, I don't count it a weapon, which is not why it's not on my list. And it is, in many ways, a Deus Ex mock. That's true. Yeah. It does anything you want it to do, except pretty much do stuff to wood. Remember, it doesn't work on wood. Um, how about this? From the world of video games, I chose From Doom or Quake, the BFG. The big the fucking BFG. gun. Yep. Yep. You BFG. know what I mean? The, uh, the dark matter uh, throwing large-ass explosion gun. Almost a deus ex machina, but not quite. Uh, I love the BFG. I remember when I played Doom, and I played Doom so much. So much. You would just want to get that BFG, and then especially if you're playing multiplayer, you just light people up. One shot, and they're gone, no matter Doom, what they're Doom at. had a multi- Yes, it did. I forgot. It yeah. does have a... Uh... Or Quake. Quake just took everything from Doom, including the BFG. Uh, I think the the, the Doom Duke one Nukem was like... Duke Nukem as well. Yeah, yeah. Duke Nukem too. All of them had the big energy thing. But I really liked the... Specifically, the Doom BFG, I thought, was a cool-looking effect and everything like that. So I, that's why I chose the Doom BFG. And I think all multiplayer type things have something crazy like this. You know, there's one thing I couldn't kind of. I remember there was a video game that was sort of like a a medieval Doom, and I remember having a chicken gun. I want to say it was a gun that turned people into Wolfenstein. No, no, Wolfenstein was um, was World War Two. There was another game, and I can't remember. And I'll I'll have to look this up. This will be what we'll talk about in the first part of next episode. It okay. was a it was a first person shooter of that same ilk of after Doom, after Quake, but it was like crossbows and that kind of weaponry is what you would use. But I want to say it had like a wand or something that turned people into chickens. It literally would turn. I don't remember this at all. It would turn. Um, it would turn the bad guys into chickens. And my honorable mentions, I do have a, a one of those as well. But. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you're up. Uh, identity disc from Tron wow wow yes Uh, that basically overwrote your personality right I mean it changed and it was everything it it, you know it was the disc that had everything about you it was as important as your right arm but it was a monster weapon yeah it turned into it turned into it was just really visually again a cool, cool concept. Uh, frisbee, right? <laughs> a frisbee. Yeah, it was a frisbee. It was a, frisbee. It was a but I, you know, you'd, you'd slide it on your back. It was very Captain America y the way it would, you know, yeah. attach back. Um, I, it's not one that I'm like, I just thought it was really a cool concept more than anything. And, yeah. you know, use it even as a shield or use it as an offensive weapon. Uh, no, no, that, I, I would not even have. I did not even think about uh, Tron at all. But you're right. That is, that is a dope ass, it, and it looked cool. Probably the only good thing is I've rewatched Tron and the original Tron, and it is awful. It's awful. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> that the the one that came out in the early 2000s was was okay. It was yeah. okay, but it, it's it's not one of those that I will defend that I'm a big fan of Tron because I'm not. But I love the concept of the identity disc. Yeah, no, it was cool. All right, uh, is that your last one? 
No, I have tons more. I just oh, okay. depends on how far you want oh, to go. I, I did five. I thought we were doing five. I'll, I'll just come up with no, another one. I just didn't want to. No, you're fine. You're fine. No, that's fine. My last one, and one that I know you must have on your list, because yeah. it is, in, in honestly, the greatest fictional sci-fi weapon. And I'm, of course, talking about the Sun Sword from Thundar the Barbarian. Oh, I mean the lightsaber. <laughs> I mean the lightsaber. <gasps> I the lightsaber. Ariel Ukla Ride. Ukla the Mach. Uh, by the way, Thundar the Barbarian. Amazing. That's a great cartoon. <laughs> it's great. That's a pretty dark cartoon, really. Super I... dark. Super dark. It's after the World War whatever. It's after the fall of humanity and mutants a and everything. Passes and destroys the atmosphere and destroys part of the moon and and leaves aliens and mutants all over. It's amazingly awesome. I love it. But the sun, yeah. sword, the sun sword is in effect a lightsaber. Uh, it's just more of a D and D lightsaber. And I think actually in D and D there is something called the sun sword, which is a lightsaber. It's just a hilt that produces a beam of fiery light as you're throwing. But the Look, the lightsaber is the coolest thing. It's amazing that we went, like, what, 20 years of the lightsaber being boring-ass fighting and still thought it was the coolest thing in the world, and then we actually used martial arts in, in our, 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 our lightsaber battles, and then it became even cooler, um, and it started doing more things. I even like Rilo Ken's weird-ass hilt. I love it. It's amazing. And I, the kyber crystals, the lightsaber... What is the Death Star if not just a giant lightsaber? It just shoots its blade out into space. That's yeah. what it does. I I loved how, as the years have gone by, the lightsabers has evolved. Uh, like, remember, there's a lot of terrible things that came out of Episode One, but the Darth Maul fight with the double-hilted dude is not yeah. one of them. That's one of the greatest lightsaber battles in all of Star Wars. That and is in Maul and yeah. No, Badass. absolutely. <laughs> One of the things I will say about the prequels is if that was just lightsaber battles, it would be uh, it would be hailed as one of the greatest things ever because the lightsaber battles all looked great. They all looked amazing. How about when when they were on? Uh, was it episode two? Was it that one? I think it is when they uh, in the arena in the arena. Yeah. When yeah, Jango Fett gets killed. When all those, I mean, even when Yoda even, becomes a badass frog with oh my god, a little lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, I admit, I sat and through battle in hours the- and hours of really shitty dialogue and a terribly written romance to get to that moment, and I was like, okay, this feels good. Yeah, lightsabers are just—they're defensive, they're offensive. They're amazing. They're both magical and sci-fi somehow. I love lightsabers, and I can't... I, I just honestly... I think once... If you're any kind of a person like me, and I don't know if that's a nerdy person or a little boy or... You know, I don't know what it is um, about you, but... Uh, and when I say little boy, I don't physically mean a little boy. I mean all that stereotypical little boy stuff. The, the, the stereotypical idea of a little boy, that's what I mean. I don't care what gender you uh, are biologically or what you identify with. Little boy stereotype, that's what I'm talking about here. Uh, Then you get all into that. When I did research on what weapons I was looking for, Mm -hmm. the lightsaber was almost unanimously number one on every list that I was looking for. Yeah, because it's damn near perfect in its elegance. 
Um, mm-hmm. One of the greatest things, Rob, about um, it's got a mythology to it. You oh, you know. have to you ha- if you have you watched Clone Wars, all of Clone Wars. Not all of it, but I've watched enough of it. Yeah. Did you see the one where the younglings have to find the crystal that mm-hmm. calls to them to make their swords? Yeah. There, or, it's a beautiful episode where it's it's a rite of passage. And how about the fact that if you're if you're a, a dark sider, you have to make your your kyber crystals bleed. That's why they're all red. Holy shit! Correct. Yeah, I, I mean, there's such a cool mythology to it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, it's absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 the reason why there are is because there is no, there. It's just. Such a cool concept of that. And one of the coolest things about Tomorrowland, which will be Star Wars land in the future, when we went to Tomorrowland a couple of years ago in, in, in Disneyland, there's a whole section where you can build your own toy lightsaber. And it's all these different parts. So you can make a customized awesome. lightsaber. And um, I made one for my daughter, Juliet, but really it was me. I was like, yes, I'm going to have a slightly curved blade, handle blade. I want it to be more like a scimitar and all this other stuff. I was like, this is the coolest thing in the world. It was awesome. All right, what, what's what's another one uh, one or two of yours? You, you, I can go to honorable mentions or I can go to like ones that really still... What What's another one that you still really, really like? The Green Lantern Ring is probably yeah. one of my all favorites. Uh, and that... As over the years, as other writers have tackled the Green Lantern ring, it's built up and, you know, it it started off as, you know, wish fulfillment, yeah. um, hard light con- constructs. But as other writers have tackled it, Jeff Johns specifically, um, it's not just the thing of your will. It represents just how strong your will is, where there, there was an issue where Oliver Queen, uh, Green Arrow, is about to be killed by um, Sinestro. And he sees Kyle Rayner's ring laying on the ground, and he grabs it and he puts it on, and he's trying with all his might to conjure up something to protect himself. Mm -hmm. And at the very last minute, he finally produces a single arrow that stops and saves his life. And then the next panel shows him talking to Kyle, and he's like, how do you guys do this? And he's like, that's why we're chosen. It's a very special, it's that difficult. And yeah. we have, you know, and so it's, it's not just something that anybody can pick up and just go, well, I want a shield. It, yeah. it takes that kind of, and it's, that's, what's really cool about, you know, it, it's more than just anybody can wield it. Um, yeah. It's also a communication device, a computer. I've seen it. Oh you know, yeah. You know, written as sort sort of that that way too. Translator, yeah, yeah. No, no, they're 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 very cool. Uh, could be Deus Ex Machina, but not, but but limited. Yeah, enough. can't. can't um, if you think about when Hal went nuts and he went crazy, he was able to re bring people back from the dead for a short while until the power ring died. But mm-hmm. he was bringing them back from the dead for a short while. They really as limited as the will of the wielder. Yeah. Well, I like that one. Um, I would say uh, I would be remiss. We've talked about it. I'm going to do this as a twofer because they're not really as powerful and as amazing as some of the other things on our list. But the Batarang and Captain America's shield, the throwing items, um, the Batarang stylistically is cool. It's fun. I had the utility belt on my list. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, and I guess 
And it's funny, too, because it feels like in the 60s and the 70s and the early 80s, the utility belt was this big, huge thing. And now it's just something it's that holds not, his pants yeah. up. Yeah. It's a grappling hook, and that's it. It does not have any secret stash in there, even with all those pouches from the 90s. Yeah, but I remember in the 80s cartoons, he'd be tied up, and they're like, take his belt. Yeah. We don't would... want anything to come out of Batman's utility belt. He's got too many cool and crazy things in there. You know. And, and, and of course, uh, Captain America's shield, I mean. Uh, yeah, I was say, de- let's don't get away from that because his shield's badass. <laughs> his shield is badass. It's vibranium uh, and animantium alloy, which isn't supposed to exist, but does. So it absorbs uh, all that force. Um, but it's super strong. I, I love that. Uh, is it the Avengers when he jumps out of the, or is it? No, it's civil war when he jumps out without a parachute. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea of vibranium is, is it supposed to absorb any energy that it, it, it comes into it? If you, if you get, if you jump out of an airplane and you land on the shield, all of that kinetic energy that you're about to get crushed it's by transferred away. transferred away from it. The one thing that is crazy about Captain America's shield is all of where does all that energy go? That's the one thing that I'm like, you've created this incredible science about this and a great way of explaining it, but it doesn't actually explain where the fuck the energy goes in Captain America's shield because that would be a battery right now of yeah. a thousand. They kind of they explain it in Black Panther where he can then redirect it. But... Right. But in Captain America, it's vibranium, and he doesn't do any of that stuff. Never does. Maybe that's how it's able to return back to him uh, <laughs> and ignore the laws of physics. Maybe that's why it boomerangs so well, is because it's uh, it's using its uh, energy to bounce back in a in a way. Uh, I also love the the magnetic holder that that idea. I was, was going to mention that. Yeah, that... yeah, but of course the the straps that work as a backpack that... and on your yeah. Is the coolest. Cool. <laughs> That's upside. That the, the having it as a backpack has always been a visual that I very much like yeah. seeing drawn. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it's pretty cool. It, Cap Shield is. It's funny how he he takes what is intrinsically a, a defensive weapon and makes it offensive. Yeah, and makes it super cool and offensive. Uh, do you have another one? Um. Let's see. And then we'll get into quick honorable mentions. And then I, if we can, I'd like to think of the dumbest ones. <laughs> so one of my, a couple of my honorable mentions are the dumbest ones. Uh, I was going to say Ziggy from Quantum Leap. Okay. It's All right. Quite a weapon, but it's a device. It's yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ziggy is also uh, pretty awesome. When you think about it, all Ziggy really is, is a search engine though. When you think about it, it's sure, an AI. You're right. It searches through historical records to tell Sam what's about to happen, but I like it. I like it. It's it's still awesome, cool, visually cool. I was trying to think in that that mindset of not necessarily weaponry, but device. Because I mean, the utility belt isn't necessarily a weapon either. That that kind of right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go with honorable mentions. What do you got? okay? I was gonna say. The, the the reason why the Batleth did not make my list, uh, we mentioned it earlier. I, I put it as an honorable mention. One of the things is is every time I look at actual people fighting with the Batleth, I go, there is a lot more efficient weapons out there. 
It looks cool, but it's really hard and really unwieldy and probably not the best thing to actually use in actual combat. Having regular swords would probably be a lot better, a lot easier, and a lot more destructive than this basic... Because the way it's curved and everything like that, it really... Yeah. It, it's awkward. There's not a way to get as much strength as you think out of a palette. That's why mine's in the it, visually striking, but a regular ass swords probably would have worked better. Yeah. Um, I have DC is notorious for having rings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love flashes ring that holds his costume, but I really wouldn't call that a weapon. That was more just a no, design. You just wanted to talk about it, <laughs> but the other, the Legion flight ring is, is literally, a, I like the Legion flight ring almost more than the, uh, the green lantern ring. Uh, the Legion flight ring allows any member to fly mm-hmm. and to communicate and survive to in space, right? Survive in space. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty dope. It's pretty, dope. it's, I mean, it's a simple and it's, but it's, it's one of my, I just think they're cool looking too. I don't Yeah. Um, I was going to say for an honorable mention, uh, I like, um, and I think the first ones to really do it would be Battlestar Galactica, the Vipers, the sort of World War II fighter fighters in space. I guess you could say the same thing about the X-Wings. And now when I think about it, George Lucas cinematography was basically uh, taking World War II dogfights and that putting might, them in space. But that might be a different category, though, of like ships, maybe. I guess. But, I'll say, yeah. But, but, but no, no, to defend you, though, I have Death Blossom on my list. Oh, so. from The Last Starfighter. That is pretty The Last Starfighter. Yeah. So It's pretty dope. But, but I, also kind of not dope <laughs> when you think about yes, it. Yeah. <laughs> it it, it kills probably, everything in a circle, and then you're basically stuck for like three minutes. Completely defensive. Well, yeah. 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 But cool. Visually. visually very, 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 very cool. Yeah. I guess I just was going for space. Cause I also was thinking, um, we talked, I think it was last week or, or, or this, this particular podcast, we talked about space above and beyond. That's what made, makes me think about those world war. And then I, I played wing commander a lot when it was uh, I, in the nineties. And that again is just these fighter jets in space. What and, was the, uh, the wing commander I played uh, with where oh, you were with Mark Hamill wing commander, like four or whatever. Yeah. When were you hauling your, oh, uh, that was, um, Oh shit. Not Armada. It was. Yeah. But the one where you were like a, a traitor. The tip of the tongue. Yeah. Where yeah. you're basically Han Solo. Yeah. Uh, what was that called? A smuggler. Oh, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can, <laughs> Jeez. that'll be, that'll be the first thing we discuss on yeah. next week. But. Wing commander. Was it freelancer? No. Three. It was the third one. That much I can remember. It wasn't four. It was three. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but I thought I was pretty sure it was three. Uh. All right. Uh. What? So what are your? What is? As we're we're kind of getting to to time here, buddy. Okay. What? What's? Okay. What's some um, of the worst weapons that we can think of? The boxing glove arrow from Green Arrow. Oh yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and admittedly, they they they've said it was the, one of the dumber things. Um, the fart gun from the minions. Privateer, by the way, Wing Commander Privateer. Privateer, Privateer. The fart gun. Uh, yes. Oh, I said fart gun. <laughs> uh, and I would say, as the stupidest, the holy hand grenade 
from, from uh, well, yeah, from the Holy Grail. Or, no, yeah, yes, yeah, so. Monty Python's Search for the Holy Grail, the Holy Hanging. Yeah, I. Yes, it's stupid, but it's designed to be stupid. It's made to be ridiculously <laughs> stupid. Um, oh, also, I, one of my all-time favorites was from Turok the Dinosaur Hunter. We, you had mentioned uh, video games. Yeah. Uh, I always thought of the joke that Josh Autry said when we would play Turok the Dinosaur Hunter. There was a, there was a weapon called the Cerebral Boar. And every time, I, every time I would use it, he'd go, I dated a cerebral boar. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Everybody on the stream would hear the, and it would get closer. And then you would yeah. just see somebody on the back of their head and just blood spot. It was, yeah. it was one of my favorites. Um, I think Starkiller Base uh, is one of the stupidest weapons. <laughs> Ridiculously dumb. <laughs> There's no question. I I love Force Awakens, but that was just even stupider because not only is it a retread of the Death Star, but somehow it shoots hyperspace traveling weapons. So That's, it destroys it, the planet. It destroys the the planet that seats the New Republic's government. But that planet isn't anywhere in the same star system where the Starkiller base is. So it has to, in the course of a couple of minutes, fire something that is able to travel faster than any ship in Star Wars has ever flown in order to do it. And I, also, it's the, the the race splits up and hits the moons and the planet. Right. It, it, that, it, it's one of the more ridiculous aspects of that. I complete, yeah. completely agree with you on that. So... So stupid. Um, and But the worst, the absolute worst from Star Wars, in my opinion, the worst weapon is, of course, the Stormtrooper Blaster because it's not easy to aim, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I love the design of them, though. I oh, would yeah. love to have one. Oh, the design is really cool as hell. That's the problem, though, is most of it is... Uh, it, it, that's that's actually, in, in my opinion, when you look at Star Wars, you have to remember it's it's science fantasy, not science fiction. Because there are so many things about Star Wars where you're like, that functionally doesn't make any sense. Well, um, Stormtrooper armor uh, doesn't make any sense either. J.J. Uh, Abrams, I, I watched an interview with him where he's like, um, I had a discussion with George Lucas, and he just said, he kind of alluded to there are problems with the mechanics of the Falcon, the Millennium Falcon. And I didn't know what he meant, but I was like, okay, whatever. We started filming, and I realized that when you get into the Falcon's gunner, you should be facing. Yeah. But they climb in, and they are parallel to it. But, and it's like physically it doesn't work. But it's right. like, but you just shoot it, and you just say, who cares? How about the fact that if you were actually flying the Millennium Falcon to land, you wouldn't be able to see anything off to your right? Exactly. You don't. You don't ever see the hood. Right. The Do, hood. Can you imagine how hard that would be actually to fly in in any kind of way? And you don't see a like a holographic heads up display there. No, they're just looking out the window like like idiots. But you never see the the the, the hood yeah. for lack of a. Yeah, the the front of it. Yeah, but I've also always loved the off-center design of it. I think it's one of the coolest ships in all of sci-fi. Yes, absolutely, I, it, and the fact that it looks like a flying piece of crap is why it's so cool. That's why we yeah. inherently love it when. I don't know if what? you're this way, Rob, but when I love it when I see a car that's secretly fast, when it looks like a hunk of junk and then it's secretly fast or it's secretly cool, 
I love that so much. And I don't know if that's because of the Millennium Falcon or because the Millennium Falcon taps into uh, this idea of of that. Here, here's a TIE fighters. All of the ships of Star Wars don't make any goddamn sense to actually fly when you think about it. No, none of them. None Except of them really. for the maybe. The, the B-Wing yeah. is retardedly yeah. inaccurate. The A-Wing, I, the A-Wing and the X-Wing are about the only ones that I look like and I go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Everything else is odd. The TIE Fighters don't even make sense either because that pilot can't look to the left, right, or behind him at You're all. You're right. You're right. Can't. But they're fun designs, and that's yeah. all we care about. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, no winners this uh, time around, which is probably good. We're still at uh, one and one. Uh, so now we're one, one, and one. No, just one and one still. But uh we get a tie on our record. Yeah, we're not gonna. We're not. We're not the Cleveland Browns. We're not gonna tie. Um, but uh, but yeah, good discussion. I really, uh, I, I liked how we didn't necessarily overlap. I'm surprised you didn't choose uh, the lightsaber. I really am. I'm surprised I didn't choose the proton pack. Those are both surprising. Well, um, all right. Well, that's it. Uh, I'm surprised one of us chose the uh, the blade from Krull. We talked about the Blade from Crawl, but we never actually did it. Um, honestly, the Blade from Crawl is also a stupid weapon. It's it is. very it's tiny. It's a giant throwing star, yeah. It's, yeah, it's very tiny. In the movie, it just sort of annoys <laughs> the bad guy. I mean, when you think about it, it doesn't... I mean, yes, it does win, but really, it's the power of love that wins. It's not the, the glaive. The glaive isn't the thing that does it. The glaive wait, just wait. keeps that thing at bay. Huey Lewis? Huey Lewis contributes? Yes, yes. The power of love. Uh, one of these days we'll have to debate whether or not uh, Huey Lewis and the News' Sports' album is the greatest album of all time. Uh, spoiler alert, it's pretty good. Um, it is damn good. <laughs> it's damn good. Look at that album. Look at that album right now in your favorite music provider, and you'd be like, oh, shit, this is good. This sounds like the 80s. There's like one song on there that's not a hit. I'm... Right, right. That's the one you go to the bathroom during <laughs> the yeah. concert. Oh, shit, they're playing this one? Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to go potty. Uh, well, uh, Rob, uh, we should let people know that if they have a subject for us to talk about or debate, they can email us at writeandrob at gmail.com. Uh, they can it's also... Rob with two Bs. It is. Correct. Oh, my gosh. It is Rob with two Bs. I just assume everyone spells it that same stupid way. Maybe I should say <laughs> writeandrobb at gmail.com. So everyone knows. Uh, yes, write an ROBB uh, at gmail.com. You can email us and let us know something that you want to see debated. You can also uh, comment on this podcast or whatever podcast that you want to in that email. And we'll read you uh, on a different uh, episode. Also, you can uh, like, subscribe, uh, leave comments, and definitely uh, give us a review on your favorite podcast provider, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, or even going to... I'm right and he's Rob B. Podbean.com, where this is uh, hosted. And you can leave it right there and like and subscribe and listen to us. And we'd uh, appreciate that as well. Well, my name is Monty and I'm a little right. And I'm Rob and I'm a little right as well. 